This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 145, The Hypnotic Contract. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. And a happy new year to you. Hey there, it's Jason Lynette with the first podcast session of January 2018. And in this solo session, we're going to launch into a very simple concept, a hypnotic concept that chances are you may have heard of, you may have some ideas as to what it's about. Although I'm going to share with you some rather simple principles that you could fold into your work right away to start to get some outstanding results. For more information like this, of course, join me online inside of my program, Hypnotic Workers. Learn all the details over at hypnoticworkers.com. To date, it's more than 80 hours of on-demand hypnosis training designed to help you to build that unstoppable confidence in your process. Learn more over at hypnoticworkers.com and join for as little as $47. And with that, let's jump directly into this content right away. Here we go with session number 145, The Hypnotic Contract. So chances are, when you first got trained in hypnosis, you were led to understand that when you begin your process, you're supposed to look at your client and ask them if they're ready to be hypnotized, which that's one way of doing it by just simply asking the question of, are you ready to do hypnosis? Would you like me to hypnotize you? Uh, the favorite one actually comes directly from uh, multiple time guest on this program, Sean Michael Andrews, to ask the question in a more indirect way. By simply asking, do you have any questions before I hypnotize you? What's beautiful about that is that it's building in an outstanding hypnotic presupposition that by answering the question that either they have questions or they don't have questions, it's flying under the radar that yes, I'm going to hypnotize you. And let's take a moment and kind of look at why it is we would possibly ask that question. Uh, whether it's, do you have any questions before I hypnotize you, or are you ready to do hypnosis? However we go about asking it, there's a couple of points inside of this, one of which I will go ahead and get out of the way and understand your scenario, your criteria, your environment as to where you're doing hypnosis. This would often have different implications or different goals that perhaps simply by getting consent to hypnotize the person that would maybe release any bit of uh, idea of wrongdoing as if that was possibly the case. Now, I have to point out that uh, the majority of the time, and by majority, I mean all of the time that I'm hypnotizing people, the consent is extremely clear. Uh, I spend a lot of time in my office. I do stage hypnosis. I do uh, presentations and demonstrations. And very clearly, there's always that moment where the person is either willingly coming into my office or perhaps willingly volunteering themselves to be on stage with me or willingly choosing to follow along with that presentation. Now, yes, we can highlight that from our conversation inside of this profession, we understand that the entire hypnotic experience is about suggestion. And from the moment of the first conversation, there are hypnotic suggestions at play. Even in my business model, even going all the way back to various videos they might interact with, various pieces of content that they could learn from, it's building that expectation and further conditioning the client 
towards an outstanding result. So understand in the professional environment, stage hypnosis environment, I hesitate to make this statement, but that question of, do you have any questions before I hypnotize you? Are you ready to do hypnosis with me? It's just perhaps a little bit more of a courtesy if we wanted to look at it as the uh, implied consent mechanism of doing that. That being said, if you're hypnotizing people for just curiosity, for fun, or interacting with people, or even they'll throw into the category of street hypnosis, well then yes, absolutely establish that hypnotic contract that by asking that question, they are clearly giving you permission to hypnotize them. It forms a different outcome in my office because clearly my clients are calling me up, paying for my services in advance of showing up, filling out several pages of paperwork, and I got to say it politely, at that point, it's pretty damn clear that we're doing hypnosis. That's what they're coming in for. So what I'm establishing here, though, is the understanding that as we look at this concept of a hypnotic contract, by answering the question, again, that presupposition, they are agreeing that, yes, they're going to go into a state of hypnosis, or perhaps just simply put, they're ready for you to begin to hypnotize them. So this is at its core, in my opinion, the simplest of concepts as we look at this idea of a hypnotic contract, setting up, let's say, an agreement between you and that other person. And in this solo session this week, I wanted to share with you some other principles about how, in my opinion, you can establish a hypnotic contract to even take it further beyond just simply achieving a hypnotic state. The first example that I'd share with you is one that doesn't necessarily fold into the idea of you necessarily having to ask your client a question, having to screen anything by them. It just simply comes down to opening up your own personal calibration and listening to your client. So what I mean by this, and yes, I love to use the phrase at times that sometimes, yes, we do have to listen to our clients. And by sometimes, really, I mean always. So what I'm getting at here is that Here's a simple example. Sometimes a client comes in and they're speaking in metaphors. And no, I'm not intending to say that as if there's some sort of weird condition that's going on and they only have the ability to speak in metaphors. No, this is just a natural communication mechanism. Well, I just felt everything was holding me back. So a statement such as that, physically and literally, there is nothing holding that person down, perhaps in that circumstance. And yet for them to say, I just feel that something's always holding me back. Well, yes, there's a bit of an absolute statement inside of that. We can begin to unpack and unravel that, though at its core, they are describing the sensation from their own subjective experience that something is holding them back. And as a client speaks in metaphors, in my opinion, the way that I look at this is that they are giving you a roadmap as to what it is that happens for them to go into that problem. And the map into the problem is often the roadmap out of the problem as well. So inside of your hypnotic experience, you now have a checkpoint. You could begin to describe the sensation of whatever those things were that were holding you back, now being released, now dissolving, now letting go. Take this moment, whatever variations of doing this, take this moment to thank that part of you for doing such a good job of holding you back up until now, and yet allow yourself to become aware of what positive insight, what positive intention was behind this holding back action. And as you allow your mind to now 
discover better ways to satisfy that need in such a way that now serves and benefits you, that's as quickly and as easily as you can let that thing completely go. So a simple concept inside of this, which by the way, head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash contract, and we'll make a transcription of this exact podcast session available as at times I may launch into hypnotic language patterns. So again, the transcription of this specific session, just head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash contract. That'll redirect over to the show notes of this specific podcast session, and we'll just we'll just get the whole thing transcribed, and you'll be able to model some of the language out of that. Other examples of this recently, here's this woman who came in, issues with fear, issues with confidence in public speaking. She would be the one who would often call in sick to work rather than get up and present something. And she just layered that metaphor right there in front of me to simply say, it just feels as if there's this burden, this weight on my shoulders just holding me down. Now, how does this fit into the concept of hypnotic contract, I hear you ask? Well, as soon as she speaks in that metaphor, again, the map into the problem is often the map out of the problem. She is verifying for me in a hypnotic way that this is part of her model of the world. And as it's part of her model of the world, now this is in the neurology. This is in the vernacular of the direction of where we can take this session. Now, yes, let me hedge off one little concern. No, this is not the only thing that I'm going to be doing. However, it's going to be a key component inside of it. And chances are, whatever change strategies all have made use of, this will become a theme that we're now going to come back to several times over and by doing so, begin to compound that idea. Let me point out a little side nuance here for a moment. There is quite honestly a workshop that I have submitted to several conventions, and uh, I will take the blame on this that perhaps the idea wasn't as well presented that uh, so far no event has taken me up on this. And it's honestly a very simple concept that I live by and uh, tend to use when it comes to metaphors. As much as the process of telling stories and establishing metaphors in your process is a wonderfully effective strategy as a hypnotist, understand there's another side concept I'd introduce to you, the idea of anchored metaphors, which just for the sake of branding something, giving it a specific name so we can reference back to it, no, I'm not going to be that guy who gets a trademark on that, but instead to look at it from the mindset of bringing some repetition into the use of metaphors. So simple example, maybe you've told a story of a statue being carved, which is a process of chipping away, sanding away, polishing away all those layers that no longer belong. And perhaps in my session, I'm now launching into some other specific strategy for change. And in a transitional moment, maybe even before emergence, to layer in that phrase once again, chipping away, sanding away, polishing away all those layers that just no longer belong. So whenever I'm working with my client's metaphors, I'm looking for what is that hook? What is that repeatable sequence? What is that anchored metaphor, as I'm now calling it these days? So releasing that weight and burden from your shoulders once and for all. Letting go of whatever's been holding you back and letting it now stay in place as you now move forward. So these little bits of phrasing that we can begin to use that just simply put, they are giving you that hypnotic contract that this is part of their model of the world 
And as soon as they establish that, you get to respectfully go in and help them break whatever those old metaphors used to be. It's also where I mean just simply asking a client, and consider this perhaps in some way a little bit of just simple submodality work, to ask what does that feel like? You know, look at hypnotic pain relief. Recently, I worked with someone with some uh, issues involving these unexplained migraine headaches. So she's in the office and the simple question of what does that feel like? And as soon as she says, it feels like there's a hot tornado, like I'd imagine a tornado in the desert just going in my head. She has now handed me, technically, in my opinion, two different metaphors, one involving the temperature, the other involving the movement. So yes, it could take the shape of uh, spinning it in the opposite direction. It could take the shape of a submodality shift of introducing another temperature. Yet in the context of this week's session here, to look at this as a hypnotic contract, they come in, they explain what the issue has felt like. And in that experience, they're giving you the roadmap in terms of how to go in and change this. The simplest example I can share with you before moving on to the next point here is that sometimes clients speak in such a way that they're actually telling you exactly what change strategies to use. I'll give you the most obvious one. Well, sometimes I feel like part of me wants this and part of me wants that. And do you have at least a good idea as to what type of parts intervention you can fold into your process? So whether you're doing parts therapy a la Roy Hunter and Charles Tebbets, whether you're doing the variation that I teach inside of hypnotic workers of kinesthetic squash, it's like visual squash, but it's kinesthetic, or whether you're doing a six-step reframe or anything of a parts variation, the moment they say, part of me wants this, part of me wants that, or I feel there's this part of me that's blocking this from occurring. What are they doing? They're telling you, this is what I need. And I got to tell you, over the years, this is such a common occurrence. The moment someone says, if I knew then what I know now, things would have been so much different. Well, at this point, they've possibly given us two roadmaps. One, we could do hypnotic age regression to the model of find the earlier event and reframe it through hypnotic suggestion. Or if you're a timeline person, again, taking that knowledge and placing it back before that event and let the scene now play out. So any of these various strategies, NLP model, changing personal history, and back in the archives of this Work Smart Hypnosis podcast series, there's an entire podcast specifically on changing personal history. If you haven't listened to that one, shame on you. Go back, listen to it, learn a new strategy you can use with your clients. So people who are coming in, and one of the most favorite examples of this is I had not seen the movie, and I still haven't, and it probably will politely remain that way, but it's one of the many sequels to the uh, Twilight uh, movies that came out years ago. And here's the scene where the girl is now, I believe, married to the vampire guy, and they're about to go into war with the werewolf guy. Uh, Team Jacob. And there's this moment where apparently, I haven't seen the movie, the client described this. She goes, there's a scene in that movie where they put this invisible protective force field around my around the baby. And that's what keeps the baby safe during this battle. I'm hopefully horribly paraphrasing the scene in the movie, but this is how the client described it. So she gave me the roadmap. And actually, with full credit to Captain Ron Esslinger in Tennessee, uh, I learned from him a specific pattern to use for helping people get rid of nail biting. That's basically a progressive muscle relaxation induction. 
at the end of it, letting the relaxation spread beyond the physical confines of the body, creating that protective energy or bubble around you, which now increases your safety and awareness to take better care of yourself. And suddenly on the fly, I am modifying my memory of that specific strategy to then create that energy bubble, place it around her baby and the specific scenario as to why that was necessary um, really isn't necessary here. But again, she gave me the roadmap as to this is what's going to help me. And again, consider that a hypnotic contract that she's folding in her own hypnotic presupposition that this is something that's going to work for me. So to take this to another level, there might be moments where, and I've got to credit Michael Elner, and I've got to be a little smug here and maybe highlight that so far all the people that I've referenced in terms of uh, teaching strategies and other ideas are all previous guests here on this program. Check out the previous sessions with Ron Esslinger as well as Michael Elner. We will link to those in the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com. And again, we're going to get this whole one transcribed, so simply go to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash contract. That'll redirect over and you'll be able to see how to get the transcription of this specific session. So sometimes there's that moment where maybe you're thinking, I could go this direction in this session, or I could go that direction in this session. And I'm sure this has popped up here within the series before, yet there's this incredible strategy from Michael Elner that here's the simple version of it. So, you know, in the session today, we can make use of strategy number one, and this is what that will achieve, or we can do strategy number two, and that will help you to produce this other result. Of those strategies, what do you think would be the best for you today? And as soon as they answer that question, they are validating that technique is going to work for me. Simple example. Let's say it's the second appointment, and let's we're going to come back to this example actually in a few moments, but for right now, let's go ahead and start off with it. It's the second appointment and my client has physically stopped smoking, yet there's still some mental triggers. There's still some emotional triggers. They're in front of me again. I've had no desire to smoke, yet I kind of found myself thinking about it when I was having a stressful moment at work and it would have been nice to find a way to escape the way that I used to with the cigarette. You know, So they come in and they tell you a story of that nature. So you know what, Mr. Client, in our session today, there's a couple of directions we can go. We can go in and hypnotically work with you to step into that mindset so it becomes as if you've never even smoked before in your life. Of course, consciously, you'll always know that at one point you did, yet to directly deliver that message to your unconscious now that it's as if you've never smoked at all. We can go that direction or we can kind of pivot over to some of these stressful moments and spend the majority of time taking down those stressful moments so we're making these other experiences much more comfortable, further eradicating the smoking issue once and for all. Of those two, which do you think would be the most helpful for you today? And if you care to play along here, perhaps in example number one, as if you never smoked before, we can do a regression to first cigarette and let them begin to change the story and note the key words here as if and relive the experience as if they decided to never pick up the cigarettes at all. Physically, you know you were a smoker, yet to let that part of your mind live as if it wasn't even a part of you at all from the beginning, as if it never had to belong to you at all. So even if you find a pack of cigarettes in your home, immediately throwing it out as if they never belonged to you in the first place. That's part of the direction I can go in category number one, strategy number one. Option number two is basically whatever you would typically do for resolving stress. 
So perhaps a collapsing anchors pattern with an NLP principles, perhaps just simply deeply hypnotize them and then run a progressive muscle relaxation process, or perhaps you can do a safe place, deep breath anchor, and then train them to fire off that anchor in that moment. And this is where I want to use my Schwartz strategy, my Schwartz technique, as I call it, which is that as soon as you establish an anchor, immediately remove the need for it. So this message will self-destruct is my principle here. The more you make use of this technique, the better it's going to work for you. And the better it works for you, the less you're going to need this technique as you find yourself just comfortably living out this reality that you've now created. So two different directions. The moment the client responds one of the other, that becomes the hypnotic contract. What's the presupposition? That is going to work for me. That's the scenario we're building by simply respectfully giving your client a bit of a menu. Now, let me give you the side note here before it pops up in the show notes or in the comments online. Yes, very often the client says both. In fact, I actually say quite often for me, they actually say both of those to which I say, well, let me ask you this. We're back here again, perhaps a week from now, if we've already scheduled the appointment of those two, what experiences will give you the best? This is the instant gratification formula I previously shared here, linked in the show notes here at Work Smart Hypnosis. So that's where, again, it becomes a moment that I'm going to look for that instant gratification. Maybe I'm going to spend more time on that specific strategy. Oh, the living as if I never smoked. You know, the stress is going to happen in the environments at work. And I think I could handle that on my own, but I think if we could step it in as if I never smoked at all, that would be much more effective for me. So it becomes a moment where we're running the process off the client and they're giving us the feedback that yes, that is going to work for me. This becomes a moment, which is a side note here. I've worked at times to develop a specific, uh, specific strategic pre-talk for various advanced interventions within hypnosis. Now, I do this in such a way that I'm not necessarily telling you exactly what we're going to do. You know what, Mr. Client, today I'm going to do hypnotic age regression as some means to try to find the cause of this issue and then help you to resolve it by talking to yourself as if you could talk to that five-year-old you. I don't say that to people because that's a weird thing to say to people. And the real reason I don't say it is if I'm choosing to work within those models, Remember again, yes, I know part of my audience is anti-regression. However, a tool is only as good as you put it into use. So it's not my go-to strategy at all times. Yet if I feel it's appropriate to go in that direction and hang the change off of the metaphor as if they could talk to themselves at that younger age, we're going to go there. In my honest opinion, hypnotic age regression and that find the cause ISE model is less and less about where we end up, and it's more and more about what you do to get yourself out of that old situation. It's the phoenix rising from the ashes moment where my client is now delivering direct suggestion and hypnosis on themselves, and that's what's creating the change. So an example of this, this is in uh, the regression modules inside of workers. Uh, there's a bit of a pre-talk that I give hypnotic age regression. So today's process is not so much about shining the magnifying glass on this issue and looking for meaning or insight, just with the goal of leaving the day and at least knowing why you have this issue. Because unfortunately, sometimes when that's the model, people find they at least know why they have the issue, but then they feel even worse because it's now it's validated. When today is perhaps more, not so much a magnifying glass, today is more like a slingshot 
We're only ever pulling back with the intention of letting go. And then using that letting go momentum as the mechanism now to propel you into the outcomes that you are ready to create. And what's my simplest method of establishing a contract? Sound good? Yeah. Boom. Contract established. Check that out. So it's, again, the simple strategy of test driving techniques before you actually go into hypnosis. And let's apply this to metaphors. There's a video of mine in the libraries where it looks like I'm just engaging in small talk with this woman. She's the example, again, of has physically stopped and yet mentally still thinking about it and still has some mental triggers. And it seems like I'm going off on a tangent in conversation, but suddenly I'm telling her a story before the eyes closed, let's do hypnosis of, I know she has grandkids, and I bring up the story of finding a dehydrator in our basement storage that we forgot we had and deciding, let's make the kids dried apple rings. Healthy snack, right? And we did all the prep. Uh, If you don't want the apples to brown, you rinse them in either water with a few drops of lemon juice, or you rinse them in uh, water with a little bit of salt. Uh, With the lemon juice, you don't have to rinse it off. With the salt water, it's a good idea to rinse it off. This prevents your apples from browning. I give away so much information here, don't I? So I, we prepped the apples, we did all the setup and plugged in the dehydrator only to discover the damn thing would not turn on. So uh, the end of the story is funny because the kids were so excited because they helped us out. And this may have been a polite moment of parenting to then swing by Trader Joe's and just buy a bag of apple rings. And the kids were excited and we at least put the dehydrator in the recycling bin to, you know, recycle the plastic. I tell her this story and this seems as if it's just a tangent. And she goes, oh, I know, you know, we threw out a blender the other week and we still haven't even replaced it because we never use our blender. What am I setting the stage for here? I hear you cry. Well, I'm looking to establish a hypnotic contract that this metaphor is going to fit for her. And because she is now feeding the same story back to me, in her case, I believe, if I remember it right, of the blender, which would no longer blend, I'm setting up the case to go into a control room experience and to find that part of her that used to deal with that cigarettes and just throw it out once and for all. So to bridge the gap from kitchen appliances and gadgets that stopped working and just throw the damn thing out because it doesn't work anymore, and she's feeding me back the same story from personal experience, I'm establishing that it's within her model of the world that we can go into this control room process and just throw that part of her away because it no longer serves a benefit. And because she's feeding the story back to me, because she's now validating the metaphor by telling her own stories... Again, hypnotic contract, that's what's going to work for me. This is an extremely simple concept, though the best way to do it is just simply, again, give your client the play-by-play of here's where we're going today. This is what it's going to create. Sound good? Now, for one final point here, we can often do this even in a better way, in my opinion, when we're looking to establish an anchor. Now, in a previous podcast session, we're going to link to a bunch of previous podcast sessions in the show notes here, NLP for athletes. You hear me engaging with my uh, volunteer, with my client in that demonstration, where I'm asking her to show me what posture would make sense for us to anchor the feeling of confidence toward. So the simple concept here is verify an anchor before establishing it. So perhaps it's a physical thing. Now, this becomes a place that, again, you might need to explain 
exactly what an anchor is. And part of my terminology is it's a sensory verifiable experience attached to another sensory verifiable experience, which I know that sounds like a lot of jargon, but it's basically the same thing that happens when you turn on the radio and you hear a song and it triggers back the memories of what you were going through when you first heard that song. That's what we're establishing here. So give a bit of a menu. In the golf example from that previous session, it could be getting into the posture of the arms in motion and the shoulders down. It could be the position of your feet. It could be a deep breath. It could be a postural shift. Whatever it is, what would be a simple gesture that you consistently make that we can attach the hypnotic change process onto? And as soon as they answer, again, the theme of this week's session, hypnotic contract. They are validating that's going to work for them. That is the best gesture they can use. So in other examples, public speaking, uh, we can do this off of a simple shift in your posture, the position of your feet, or some people like to have a gesture and it could be something so small, so subtle that you can do it and barely anybody would even know you're doing something. So like squeezing a finger and thumb together or making a fist. What do you think would be the best for you? What's something you could consistently do that we can attach this change process to to bring back that feeling of confidence? And again, the magic of this concept of a hypnotic contract, as soon as they answer, they are validating, that's what's going to work for me. Now, we can often do something with a bit of a word, uh, a trigger word, perhaps. You can do a safe place process and have them think the word relax as they exhale, Though again, remember that relaxation may not be the best intended state for what they want to achieve. So yes, there's got to be some sort of relaxed nature of the body for an athlete, but here's one of my gymnastic clients and she's tumbling, she's flipping, she's flying through the air and relaxation may not be the desired state. Or let's take the example of testing fears, testing anxieties. And it's where I may actually say we're going to establish the ability of something called state-dependent learning, that you're going to have the skill to go into the desired state of mind on cue whenever you decide to feel that way. And the simplest way to do it, in my experience, is to, t- to, is to attach a word to a deep breath. Most people find the word relax is a good idea, though for testing examples, oftentimes people like the word focus it could be whatever you'd like to be. What would do you think? What do you think the best word for you would be? And I've had all sorts of words over the years, whether it's confidence, power, assertiveness, strength. And again, what are we doing? We're validating the anchoring process. We're eliciting from the client, from their models of the world, what they feel they can bring from their experiences into your hypnotic experience with them to make it work, as I like to say, more, gooder, better. So rather than just the pre-programmed anchored response, work in a more client-centered way in terms of whether it's a gesture, whether it's a word, whether it's a posture. I love doing things off of posture and gestures. There's something beautiful about the kinesthetics that there's something more specific to it. So the theme of this week's session, again, is just basically to help you to rethink some concepts around a strategy, a concept that chances are you've heard of before, but in most cases, people accept hypnotic contract as the beginning of the session. Are you ready to do hypnosis with me? Though so far, even better, we can build in those presuppositions at deeper levels. 
We can elicit from the client the metaphors and models of the world, the maps they're bringing into the process. And even that alone, without having to question it, they're giving you a hypnotic contract. This is part of my issue. And this is something we need to resolve. Another strategy from there is just simply test driving your hypnotic process before even formally going into hypnosis. We can use this technique or that technique, which would work best for you, or craft a specific pre-talk to your advanced strategies. And then from there, if you're going to be using some sort of anchoring to establish some sort of trigger or cue or prompt that they can use outside of your process to bring them back into that empowered state of mind, run it by them in advance. And even better, elicit from them what they think that anchor ought to be. And again, a great strategy there is to simply give them a bit of a menu. Some people like this word, other people have used, have used that word. It could be one of those or even something else. What do you feel would be the best for you? So let me establish a bit of a hypnotic contract to tie things up at the end of this uh, time together here today, which would be, I look forward to hearing from you what type of hypnotic contracts you are discovering you can start to use inside of your sessions. And yes, that's building a bit of a hypnotic presupposition that you're going to start to use this technique. Let me know how it goes. Hey, it's Jason Lynette here. As always, thank you so much for interacting with this program. And genuinely, share with us your feedback of what hypnotic contracts you're either establishing or creating or perhaps even discovering you're already using in your process. Share this podcast session online and let our hypnotic communities know about what hypnotic contracts you are creating, or simply head over to the Work Smart Hypnosis Facebook page and share your feedback there. And as always, join me inside of Hypnotic Workers. Hypnotic Workers is the on-demand, all-access pass to my hypnosis training library. It's everything from inductions to principles to fold on top of the process, such as the content here this week. Plus, there's strategies for change you won't find anywhere else. And as hypnotists, we don't need any more scripts. We need transcripts. Some of the client sessions I've told stories of are real client sessions that are filmed and shared with permission, of course, inside of Hypnotic Workers. Stream it all in high definition, download the content as videos, audios, and on top of that, kind of like this week's session, as a reminder, go to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash contract to get the transcription of this week's session, though on top of that, everything in Hypnotic Workers has been transcribed for you to model the language patterns and work with your clients and get even greater results. HypnoticWorkers.com. See you on the inside. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. 